Arbor Murphy is one of the top commercial real estate brokerage firms in the Southern Illinois and St. Louis region. With more than 500 active listings, it's the go-to firm for anyone seeking to buy, sell, lease, or invest. With a unique transactional focus, Barbara Murphy offers you a conflict-free experience as your trusted advisor. Contact Barbara Murphy today at barbaramurphy.com for expertise and assistance with your next real estate transaction. Welcome, everyone, to Build St. Louis, the region's new podcast that captures and shares the very heartbeat of construction and real estate development. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, owner of Information Works, and in this episode, we're delighted to welcome Steve Zuber, a partner at Barber Murphy, downstate Illinois' largest commercial real estate company. Steve specializes in brokering industrial deals across southern and central Illinois and St. Louis, and he has more than a decade of hands-on experience in that, specifically in industrial real estate transactions, including manufacturing and warehousing, among many other things. Steve actively serves on the Executive Committee of Leadership Council Southwestern Illinois, and he just completed service as president of the Society of Industrial and Office Realtors St. Louis chapter as president. Steve, welcome to Build St. Louis. We're glad to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Jerry. You bet. You bet. Well, let's dive right into our topic, which is the rise of speculative industrial space in the St. Louis region. And I'm just really curious about this topic just to hear. I know I've talked with you for more than a year or two about how scarce industrial space is in our region and particularly on the St. Louis side. So I'm super interested in what uh, you're able to share today about build to suit and about the intense demand for industrial space. If you want to give us like a high level on what you're seeing, that would be terrific. Yeah, what we're seeing in the market right now is the supply of industrial warehouse space is just at its all-time low as far as I'm concerned. We've got so many people that are looking for space that does not exist. And a lot of people, when they're looking, they usually don't give themselves enough time when their lease is nearing renewal to actually look at build to suit, which right now can take over a year. Usually it used to be about eight months to build from the ground up. And now we're looking at probably a year and two months. So it's tough for people to plan if they're not planning for it ahead of time and giving themselves enough time to look at build to suit. And if there's one person, there's 30 people out there willing to build to suit any facility. What the market's really best in this particular situation are available buildings that are ready to go. So start over a second, if you would, because the audio just kind of broke up where you were talking about the intense demand. So if you could back up a little, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So as I was saying, the demand is just ridiculous. You know, when we had, you know, post-pandemic just accelerated e-commerce and Amazon just went on a building tear. Yeah, they were putting up millions and millions of square feet across the country. And that same effect during the pandemic, most manufacturing and warehousing companies were working just in time. And now then they, after the logistics supply chain melted, they went to just in case, which just increased that further demand of warehouse space. And then the construction prices went through the roof. Delivery schedules were pushed out. A lot of companies that were manufacturing overseas didn't have control of the quality of the products and when it was actually going to get to the United States. So a lot of this, you know, when you hear about all the, in the harbors and the ports, the backup of all of the materials, people start onshoring. So now you've just got all these headwinds that are just coming at the same time. And that demand is just through the roof right now. So we have seen 
just millions and millions of square feet being built in St. Louis and just getting filled before most of those warehouses were completed. And this is the big institutional product like North Point, TriStar, Panatoni have been producing and has just been gangbusters. Unprecedented times of what we're seeing and building construction and just supply and demand. So I think that's going to continue for the next foreseeable future. Rental prices have just gone through the roof because it's obviously a seller and a landlord market right now. And if you're looking for space right now, you find something, you got to jump on it. And the, the prices have just probably within the last couple of years have shot up from one to $3 per square foot more than it had in the past. You know, where are they now? Would you say? Oh, I'm sorry. Where would you say they're now? Like, like on a quarter million square foot to half million square foot, like modern industrial. What is it per square foot? Like, where has it gone from? It's going to be in the four to five dollars square foot range. Triple. Wow, so more than doubled. Yeah, for where it was three to four previously. And this is just, and you said it so well, but we're talking about just owners. We're not talking about investors. We're talking about people who operationally need the space. Yesterday, correct. The investors, the biggest thing affecting them right now are the interest rates. And interest rates have risen over the last year. They're going to continue to rise. And expected the residential market, real estate more than anything, the investment market that's affecting that as well. And then the developers, they're having a tough time financing some of these huge developments because of the interest rates. What are the end users that are out there? And if they need it for their business, they're moving full force ahead. Wow. Let's talk a little bit, maybe compare the capacity to even find space and build the suit or speculative warehouse on the Illinois side of the St. Louis metro region versus St. Louis. I mean, going in reverse order to St. Louis first, I would think how far out? They must just be out of ground almost until you get, what, how many, 30, 40, 50 miles further out? You're up past O'Fallon, Wentzville, where you're seeing most of the development. I have seen in Illinois in the past year more Missouri brokers looking for space that doesn't exist. They're also looking for more land. We've probably sold more land in the past year than anything as well, just because there's no space and it's going to have to be built. We've got one building, a 62,000 square foot spec building in Eastport Plaza that Money Development Corporation is putting up. And we've had, and that's really the only spec building under under 100,000 square feet that's scheduled in the market. There's three or four other build-to-suit type of buildings, but this is an actual spec building that's going up, and we've had a, a ton of interest in that building, and this should be available April 1st of this year, and I think we'll have it filled up pretty soon. But speculatively, that's the one thing our market in Illinois is missing is anything in that 100, even 200,000 square foot and below that range. There's plenty of space in that 200 to a million square foot, but it's the 200 and below that really hurt. I'm smiling a little bit because I remember back 20 years ago and more to the perception that didn't work well in Illinois' favor. I don't want to say looked down upon by St. Louis, but a little bit that we were, you know, the farm ground and we didn't have the sophistication or whatever the network to consider us for business opportunities. And I feel like with this, the perception sort of has it flipped or is our original anecdotal reputation of being a bunch of farm ground maybe going to work in our favor? What St. Louis developers don't have any more ground. You... <laughs> when you look at the Illinois market and the perception that Missouri has of Illinois, what they see is the Route 3 quarter, the heavy industrial. That's the front steps to the Metro East market. And it's all the heavy manufacturing. And there is beyond that, when you hit the 255 quarter and the 270 quarter, where all the distribution, the warehousing, 
that's where you see the other markets above the bluff. Edwardsville, Collinsville, O'Fallon, Shiloh, where you're seeing more of the office and even some more of the distribution. But the heavy manufacturing is that Route 3 corridor. You can thunk your nose at it, if you know, depending where you're at. But that is a major important factor to the Metro East market with all the heavy industrial zoning, all the infrastructure that's there with the barge, the rail, uh, all the interstates that are coming through there. And there's not too many communities that welcome heavy industrial manufacturing in their neighborhood. And here you have it. So call it what you want. I see it as a huge asset for the region. And, you know, a big component to that ag coast of America is really on that Illinois side where you're seeing all the rail yards, the barge access, the terminals, and that's very critical for the industrial market. Oh, I'm sure. In my mind, I know you can clarify this for me. When you talk about the heavy industrial users versus the like last mile consumer goods, you know, Amazon-like user, you're not just looking for how many square feet somebody's thirsty for. It's really two different users, right? I mean, like your consumer goods guy probably wouldn't be looking along the Route 3 corridor. No, not at all. They're looking for that interstate access and on and off the interstate very quickly. And that is, you know, the consumer goods products, the distribution, you know, the Amazons, the Spectrum, the Walgreens, Unilever's, Amazons, Worldwide Technologies, to name a few. Whereas when you're seeing the heavy manufacturing quarter, you're looking at all the chemical companies, the steel mills, businesses, uh, the grain, the coals, the Watco and the SCF Marine type of, of businesses over there. So that's what you're seeing, the difference between the two heavy industrial manufacturing and then what you're seeing distribution warehousing. That makes sense. Talk a little bit about the capacity that we have or don't have left. I know you mentioned Eastport Plaza in Collinsville, that spec 62,000 square foot spec building. I know we've got Soje Business Park. We've got, you know, certainly Gateway Commerce Center. What capacity do we have left for not even necessarily build the suit, but for that, you know, half million and up or, or 250,000 square foot and up, so, you know, modern. Gateway Commerce Center, an estimate, a guess. I'd yeah. say they've probably got maybe 100 acres available at Gateway Commerce Center. Trade Court, where North Point is, is operating, probably got about 500 acres left. Is that the one in uh, Pontoon Beach? That... The one in Pontoon okay. Beach, yeah. They've got a lot of runway left on their park. Panatoni, Lakeview, there's probably only 100 or so acres left over there to build on. That was a smaller park than, than North Point and Gateway. But it all started with Gateway at, at Commerce Center with TriStar. That's what really put Illinois on the map and really drove that warehousing, 3PL type of, of industry, and is really the crown jewel of the whole St. Louis market. Sure. Do you see as capacity, what you just mentioned, doesn't sound like a lot of capacity left to me, even in the Metro East area. Do you see that availability of ground, you know, moving northward towards like the middle of the state or when you have clients looking that you can't place somewhere you know, immediately oh, in the region? So there's right now, there's plenty of ground that, you know, within the next five years, may get gobbled up. Uh, we'll see how strong things go in the next year or two. But when you go into the Dupo area up there, it is next to the Union Pacific Rail Yard and the large development that's eventually going to be planned there. We're still waiting on IDOT to get the infrastructure from the road access interchange, but I believe that's on the books now. So it sounds like that's coming. Got plenty of ground out in the Scooter. So we've got plenty of acreage to move to that's zoned industrial and going south in Dupo and then working further east into the Scooter area. And what you're getting there as well is a different workforce. So that's one of the major issues that you have with some of these parks is where are you going to find the employees? Where's the labor pool coming from? 
Exactly. So going further east and going further south, you're in a different demographic with a labor pool, and that's what's going to probably drive those industries, those parks. It's so fascinating to me as, you know, schedules get expedited, and it seems like these warehouses, you mentioned before, distribution warehouses are on, you know, super expedited schedules, and with the whole still uncertain supply chain and everything, getting these things built in the time that the owners want them done, I wouldn't want to be a contractor. That sounds super stressful to meet those schedules. <laughs> Yeah, I've talked to quite a few of them and, you know, it's a balancing act. And it's been even more difficult for some of them in different communities where you've got some communities work at the speed of business and others put up a lot of roadblocks. So it kind of depends on where you're going and, and what you're dealing with. And that's probably another issue that I see a lot of developers really vocalizing is the communities that they work in and how some of them are just difficult. So that's something that needs to be with a lot of these communities that they need to have a strategic plan in place. And if they're going to be in the game in the industrial market, they need to know where they're going to put these industrial sites, make sure all the infrastructure is available to those sites, what kind of incentives are coming because people take the path of least resistance. And if you don't have all of these things in place, ready to go, you're going to go somewhere else. And it's a very competitive market out there. So that's what one thing the communities really need to be focused on if you want industrial in your community. And that's really, I think, a catalyst anymore for communities to grow and try to bring jobs to the community, which will hopefully bring people to their community as a lot of communities have lost population in the last several years. And I think that industrial manufacturing can be a catalyst to grow your communities. Retail follows rooftops and it always has in the demographics. So all the communities in the past seem like they've always just been going after that retail sales tax. And, you know, it's it's just retail's just changed so much. And a lot of it's with that e-commerce, shipping it from warehouses, ordering it online. And that's kind of the new brick and mortar. Exactly. You know, you mentioned a little bit about working with developers. And I'm wondering, you talked about two municipalities that have their game together. They have their stats and they have their information the way developers want to digest it and, and site selectors. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how Barbara Murphy, how your firm kind of interact with the development community and maybe how you really are, you know, almost a trusted advisor. You get it, Steve. I know you all do over there on what people want, how quickly they want it. And that seems critical because that whole development community seems like they talk together a lot. And like you said, they know who's got what they need when they need it. And how does Barbara Murphy sort of interact with developers across the region and across the country? Because they've got to be a different breed especially now? Well, a tough question, to be honest with you. It was kind of a rambling one. Yeah, we're working with the communities more so than we have in the past, and especially even through the Leadership Council with the new strategic plan that we put out for economic development, trying to have these conversations well in advance of when you're developing ground or when you have ground that could be available for industrial purposes. You know, it takes years to get it from a farm ground to a developed site. It just doesn't happen overnight. You might get lucky, but it's like I said, it's very competitive. And you got to make sure you have your incentives in place, your utilities are ready to go. And when somebody comes to your community, has it ready to go. That's what we try to work with those communities in advance and say, hey, be prepared. Because when somebody comes knocking on your door, you got one shot at it. And if you're not ready, you lose out. So some communities get it, some don't. Some want it, some will never get it. It's just something that we've had to deal with. And we work in the communities that have embraced it and, and are willing to put the time and energy into it and make it happen. Awesome. Great. Good answer to a confusing question <laughs> I tossed out there. So 
anything else you'd like to add, I guess, as we look forward and we look at the not only the Metro East, but the St. Louis region, both sides and this, you know, hungry appetite for industrial real estate, I can't imagine you don't see it continuing over the next two years, three years, five years. What's your crystal ball? It's my crystal ball. It's still on fire. It will continue to be on fire. You know, the different industry clusters that we've make up the St. Louis and Illinois market, food and beverage has been strong. We've got a Tyson's plant building a 170,000 square foot facility in Caseyville, Illinois. You've got AB, American Food Groups expanding. All the consumer goods that's just been blotted up, you know, the PG, uh, Procter Gamble's, you know, Levers, Walgreens, Spectrum, Train, James Hardy. Those are some new ones in the market, but it's all the consumer goods types of companies having a lot. The energy sector, tons of solar companies that are really getting in the market. You're seeing more companies embracing solar and coming here for solar field. So that's another aspect of it in the automotive and call it transportation industries. Tesla, which just put in a 600,000 square foot facility at Gate, or excuse me, Trade Port, Pontoon Beach. Piston Automotive Boeing facility that's going on in Mascuda right now, manufacturing the drones. That's a huge opportunity for the region. But those are the ones that you're really seeing the most activity in is the food and beverage, consumer goods, and the automotive. Distribution in our area will always be strong because of all the interstates that are coming into the St. Louis market. So that'll never change. And it's a good thing to have. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned the electric vehicle and the manufacturing. So that's certainly a big, big part of what's going on in our region. Well, in this episode, We've been delighted to learn from Steve Zuber, Managing Principal at Barber Murphy. And Steve, I really thank you for being here today and just sharing with us the pulse of the industrial market in the St. Louis region. And thank you for being a part of one of the first guests on Built St. Louis. (laughs) Appreciate your trust in me on that. And please note that you're welcome to join us again anytime. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Carrie, and appreciate the opportunity. Contegra is construction with integrity. We mean it, believe in it, and manifest it in all we do. Without structural integrity, a building won't endure. Without personal integrity, a client relationship won't grow. We develop and complete projects safely, on time, and within budget. Don't shy away from an aggressive timeline, nor from a project or vision that's years in the making. Contegra. Construction with integrity.